Just <laughs> changing the topic. Shut Air. up. Shut up and sit down. to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Here is another Chinese proverb for you. A crisis is an opportunity riding in dangerous wind. If life is crazy upside down for you, make sure you always look for that opportunity. It's there somewhere. see other people's words because you're reading a book oh all right welcome back to the dial podcast i am jake vondering and i'm here with lance friggin hepler oh wait a minute (laughs) what's up lance what what's up boys it's lance friggin hepler i i love seinfeld yeah, I who, feel like I tried, I tried to get my kid to watch it, and he was like, eh. What, like, what 50-year-old doesn't like Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're only 40. 60. I'm 60, Lance. <laughs> okay. I'm a 60-year-old man trapped in a 40-something-year-old body. It's part of our... It was part of our uh, our lives for so long. Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. To Lance's left, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking freaking fantastic. Freaking Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic's good. I'll take Fantastic. Yep. What's the opposite of Fantastic? Uh, Kramer. Oh, (laughs) sweet boys. All right. Podcast two hundred and ninety. Wow. Okay, we gotta start thinking about podcast three hundred. What we gonna do? What we gonna do? Ten weeks from now. Ten weeks. Ten weeks from now, we're gonna do something big. Don't know what it is, but be prepared. Get yourself prepared. Ten weeks from now. Seventy days ish. Crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, I think we need to do something live. We'll have to talk yeah. about that. Stay tuned. <laughs> I like it. All right. Topic for this week. Sep Kuss. Sep Kuss. Sep. I'd say freaking Kuss, but he's he's better than that. GC Sep Kuss. <laughs> Go freaking Sep Kuss. American Sep Kuss. Durango boy Sep Kuss is currently leading La, La Vuelta, España. It's nighttime there, and he's sleeping in his red pajamas, mm-hmm. red, and he's wearing the red jersey as he sleeps. Yeah, as he should. Absolutely, his red. He's got red underwear on, no doubt. Yep. Uh, as we record this, it's a Thursday. They just finished stage twelve today, if 
my memory serves me correct. Stage 12. He is still in the lead. Um, he's our GC leader. He is up on second place, who is... Mark Soler, 26 seconds. seconds. And then Remco Evanpool is in third place at a minute and... Minute and nine seconds. seconds. Okay. Primos is at a minute 32. And Vingago down in seventh at 2.22. This is looking really good yeah. for Team Jumbo. Visma. Yeah. Yumbo Visma. Yumbo Visma looks so dominant. It's almost like ugly that they're so dominant. Like they're just like, <laughs> which one who wants who wants to win this one? I feel like it's like they could just raise their hand. Dude, that's Team Ropadope over there. They can do that. Well, They've got that much horsepower. It's like you don't know who's gonna go and they could send anybody. And if that person makes it stick, then that's their boy until he's not. And well, just throw right. somebody else at you at that point in time. Well, the reason that Sep is in the lead at the moment is because stage six, there was a huge breakaway, a 40-person breakaway, and Sep got in the breakaway with three other Yumbo teammates. Mm-hmm. And because most of the other teams were watching Roglic. And Vingago, they let that go. And it right. it got, I don't know, it got five or six minutes up yeah. the road. And Sep, as we recall, ended up winning that stage. He right. he was able to attack from the breakaway and ended up winning that stage and won by like over the GC you know, favorites by like two and a half minutes. More importantly, that was the stage where he turned uh, the champagne bottle up and chugged for Dude, like five minutes. He went to town on that <laughs> thing. It was like 12 <laughs> seconds. I'm like, yeah, 12 yeah, full guys. seconds just and, chugging. And the announcers are like, uh, you, you got to get on the bike tomorrow, man. <laughs> okay. Hold up, hold up. Lance has <laughs> never done this before, obviously. But Matt, have you ever chugged from a cha- oh. champagne bottle before? Uh, I don't know about probably. I mean, I've okay. got a problem. <laughs> Let's just That's be. It's called not spade, spade here. Easy. And I remember the first time I did this. Bubbles. I, so was, bubbles. I was young. I'm not going to mention how old I was, but I was young. And I remember going <laughs> bottoms up thinking I was going to be funny. I was going to yeah. try and drug it. And I took a drink of it and it was so bubbly, yep. it shot out my nose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like full on, like dragon smoke style came out yeah. my nose. And it, that burned so bad. And the bottle comes out of your mouth and then all of a sudden it's shooting out of the top and you're, you're spraying it out of your mouth. It was just a big but giant mess. This is mess. when you were young and Seb Kuss is kind of a pro. He's I, kind I, of a pro. I, he's pro that too. Yeah. Did you see Filippo Ghana try to do the same thing yesterday? Because Filippo no. Ghana won the time, time, time trial. trial. Yep. And he tried to do the same thing and it just sprayed it everywhere. <laughs> These guys don't drink. Let's be honest. They should. I mean, they are so hardcore cyclists that they're not. They can't be drinking no, very much. They can't drink that much. No. Yeah. He went to town on that. Lance. That was the yeah. most. That was the most impressive he felt thing. That. that was like how many flutes of champagne do you think that was, Matt? Three, three, four. three, four. <laughs> if you drank that right now, would you feel that? Oh yeah, hundred percent. If you oh, drank yeah. it that fast, it that's going to hit you. Pretty it, good. It does. It takes actually. Um, so I have like the Richmond school record for the beer mile. Like I used to be able to drink heavily and run hard. What's interesting is when you drink that fast, it doesn't hit you for about five minutes or so. You have like this buffer zone where you like, mm-hmm. don't feel anything. And then bam, it hits you. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. So you would go do the mile and you're like, I yeah. got to get done in this amount of time before this hits. But well, then your stomach's full of beer, too. That's the thing. Yeah. So. So the beer mile is not necessarily about, it's about how fast you can drink for one. And it's about how fast you can do that last lap while having a massive stomach full of bubbly, sloshing sloshy around. stuff. And so the Are first- people pu- puking? Everyone, if you puke, you have an extra lap Oh, you can't punishment. puke during if the- you, If you puke, you get an extra lap. Gotcha. So yeah. So <laughs> I like 
chugged a beer and ran a lap in my, and that was all done in like 67 seconds for like the first time. <laughs> so you got to figure like a seven second, ch- I could really chug beer too. Like I have, like I could keep up with Jake on, <laughs> on champagne chugging potentially. <laughs> Maybe Sepp Kuss, but let's not go that far. Let's not go that far. But, He's uh, a pro. But yeah, so you do that. And, and then I could also run a 60-second lap. And my buddies and I were like super We spiked it up. We took it super seriously. But the last lap, you're just jogging, just holding your stomach, trying not to throw up. <laughs> beer talk. Rock talk. You got rock talk. You got beer talk. This has been beer talk. <laughs> but yes, most the most important part of the story is Sepp Kuss can chug champagne with he the best of them. champagne. And he can ride a bike. And he can ride a bike. I freaking love it. So he's in GC, and he was up, what, two minutes and change, like two and a half minutes or something like that at that point in time. And like Remco Evanpole didn't really like, I think he took exception to that a little bit and kind of got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and kind of came out and said, yeah, I'm not worried about that guy. I'm still worried about Roglic and Vingago. I'm not worried about that guy. And I almost alluded to the fact that he was going to crush him on the time trial, like obliterate him. And it would be, it would be his tour at that point in time. Right. Right. What happened at the time trial? He only put like a minute and a half into him or like a minute 20 into him. Yep. And for those that don't, really follow Sepp because he's he's a climber he's a, yeah. a domestic a super domestic if you will and when it comes to time trial days that's the equivalent of a rest day for him right. because he just cruises he cruises yeah you you don't you you stay within the time cut off and that's it yep time trialing is not his jam although he's a professional he's, cyclist and he yep. can get after it so being in red he's like well let's see what we can do to defend this thing for it yep he did well. He did well. I mean, he didn't absolutely crush, but to finish in 13th place and not let Remco run his mouth and and, and back it up with his legs, fantastic. I, I don't think Remco's statement was that out of line because the... the, the what did he say exactly? It was something like... We should, we should look up exactly what he said. But the, the truth is, Sepkus is probably, I mean, of the three Jumbo Visma Athletes that could potentially get red. I mean, Seb Kuss is probably sitting at third, right? He's like third he's, on that depth chart, but he's he, he's fully capable. I will say, Jonas to me doesn't quite look like he has the same pop that he had at the tour. Um, but he's, a, he's coming back from the tour. So the and, quote was, "I consider him an outsider." That's fair. That's what Remco said about Seb Kuss. I, I think consider that's fair. him an outsider. Again, it's all about like the tone, and we're reading this stuff. And so <laughs> he's, it's not like, how he's, he's not part of the big six, boys. He's not part of the big six. six. Breaking <laughs> news. <laughs> He can't. He opens his mouth a little too much. He would. He is saying the things like, "If I was on the tour, just saying crap you shouldn't be saying <laughs> and pissing people off, kind of fun, and just upsetting people." Yeah, uh, that's so fun. he's young. Yeah, he can time trial. I thought he might win that time trial. He was close, but Filippo Ganna, well, freaking laid it out. Man. Well, that's his jam. I think he averaged like four hundred seventy watts oh, for twenty seven minutes. That is ridiculous. That's freaking awesome. It's so incredible. It's, it is. It, it really it's is. It's so incredible. At the same time, it's like, what? So <laughs> looking ahead at some of the stages, where are we? Are we at, what stage number? Are we on 12? We finished, finished 12, 12 today. today. So, More of a sprinter so stage. Tomorrow's coming. 13, and we get into some climbing. The Tourmalet is tomorrow. Oh, that's cool. So big climbs, like four, like three major climbs tomorrow. Okay. So stuff could go down. What's What's interesting about this is Sep has... Sepp has never been the protected guy, right? right. He's always been the protector. The pre- protector. He is the one setting the pace. He is the one drilling it on the last climb. 
to set the pace for Primos or for Vingigo. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. Do Does Primos sit in front of Sep tomorrow? Or <sighs> does Vingigo stay in front of Sep okay. tomorrow for if, that Tourmalet climb? If I was... If I was your Jumbo Yumbo's lead, if I was like calling the shots, I would put Vingago up front and be like, support. Drill it. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I still don't think that Vingago looks as sharp to me. We and, definitely peaked for the tour. Right. Which is perfect. That's and then great. And it was like a late decision to add this. Throw him in there. Yes. How but, far back is Vingago? He's at 222. Exactly. Which is similar to Roglic, right? You, Roglic is one. Okay. No, Roglic isn't as far. So, Let me tell so you exactly. I think I, 132. He's a minute ahead of. I just think that Roglic is the potential guy to still win it if it, if if they don't give it to Sepkus. Okay, let's. But let, I don't know. I mean, I'm, that's, it's still a lot of distance. Breaks on this thing okay. and just kind of pull all of it back together and kind of look at this from a, a little bit higher altitude. Yambo Visma coming into this thing knew that they've got superstars across the board. Right. Yep. They've got a fantastic team from top to bottom, yep. and everybody's got a great role. Any one of those guys, those three guys that we've right. been talking about, could potentially be somebody that they could support here. And the person that you're never going to expect is Sepp Kuss. Yes. They had an opportunity to send him up the road. They got him up the road with right. teammates, and they got this huge gap. Yep. They had to kind of know in the back of their head, like, hey, Ooh. what? okay, here's an opportunity. And then now they've got, like, just let's let's go back to when we had Roglic and Vingigo that were playing cat and mouse with uh, Pogaccia and the tour, right? That's two guys, two solid guys right there playing rope it up with uh, w- what could be the the best cyclist in the world, sure, and yeah. it, and it worked. Yeah, and I got three. Now they have three against Evan Poole, who is by no means at all a Pogaccia. True, right? So they've got this set up, and Roglic. If, if Sep attacks, they can't ignore it. Exactly, and so you've got guy that's won back-to-back tours. You've got another uh, world tour winner in, in Roglic, who was a superstar, who this was kind of what everybody was thinking that they were going to put their sights on for him because he didn't go to the tour. So, like, well, naturally, what are you going to do? You're going to send him to the Vuelta. He's going to beat go, he, and beat Revan, uh, Evan Poole at the at the Giro. Yeah. So Roglic, and did. then Sepkus was kind of a late ad at the same time because, like, you know, he just had a big tour as well. He was kind of fatigued, and then he's like, "I'm going to go." Maybe he knew his form. Maybe the team knew his numbers. And maybe they, deep down, like, hey, there's a lot more to what's going on with Sepp Kuss here. We've already had these other two guys win Grand Tours. Can we make this guy win? And, and knowing that we have these other two guys to step in if anything should go wrong or falter. And and so far, what if everything is going to plan? And this has kind of been... I, like, I think we're... I don't think that was plan A right. on their their depth chart, but it's there. I think you have to acknowledge the fact that there was the option that that could potentially happen. I, I yeah. disagree with that. I think that this is all just like, whoops, let's just see how far this goes. I mean, we, I that's just my theory. That okay, there, but now you've got no him ex- at a minute nine above yeah. Evan Poole. Who, who's the who's in second place right now? Mark Soler. Mark Soler. Mark Soler. Again, he's he's someone to contend with, you know, that you got to keep an eye on as well because he could sneak in there. But you've got Jumbo Visma now with the weapons to support this guy. And that's I, the thing is, I think that they will continue to try to support him until it looks questionable. And then I think that they're going to have to come up with a slightly different strategy. I think it's almost a shame that we're recording this podcast today because I do think to Tomorrow's going to be fireworks, so telling. Yeah. It will tell and, what happens. And they could do a couple things, right? So one of the things when you have 
three athletes that are so dominant, you can send one up the road. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because there's probably going to be a breakaway. And if you send, if there, one of these guys gets, one of those three get in the breakaway, who knows, right? Like you can or, do a lot of things. You can wait, have them wait for uh, or even your GCs on, to come right. back. Or even on the final climb. Oh, Vingago is attacking. Well, I, I kind of need to stay here with Sep and Roglic. Yeah, what do you Vingigo's do in that situation? Twenty-two down, but it's Vingago, and he could put two yeah. minutes into what it. What we do here? How long is that climb? That climb is only like ten k. It's not the longest climb of all times. There's uh, a lot of climbing tomorrow, though. Yeah, yeah. There's three three mountain top finish or whatever three mountains or stage, whatever classification climbs they are. Right, it's massive, but it's still. I just think. Maybe a breakaway gets away with someone like Vingigo, and it's like, well, he could probably. I mean, if he's in a breakaway and he's going to climb by himself, he could probably put two minutes into the entire group. I don't know. It could be very interesting to watch tomorrow. So, if I, I, if I, I was Jumbo, I'd send yeah, someone up. I disagree with you, Jake. I think that they they talked to Sep after the tour and said do you want to go again? Yep. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I can go. I don't feel too terrible. Right. I didn't I didn't lay myself out. I, I guess I'll go again. I think him getting in the break with four teammates was also fluke. I mean, did they did they want something like that to happen? Yeah, absolutely. But were they expecting Sep to get the red jersey? I don't think so. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think, think it was, oh, oh, my gosh, Sep, you've got a shot. Go for it. Right. But we know, Sep, you can't really time trial, or that's what this is what I think they're thinking. He can't really time trial, so he's probably not going to keep it. It's just another weapon for us to rope-a-dope these other yeah. teams. And, and, so. and it's, it, it, you wouldn't want to take the red at, like, stage, was it eight or nine or something? What was it? I don't remember. Six. Six. So you just wouldn't want to take it that early if your plan was to hold on to it all the entire time. Right. Like, they would... This is probably more like towards thirteen, where they'd be like, "Yeah, let's let's try and get this." Yeah. This okay, we're going jersey. into stage thirteen tomorrow. Okay. There's twenty one total stages. Mm-hmm. What other stage out there is a stage where Remco could do serious damage? And and let's be honest, he does not have the firepower of Yumbo Visma. He does yeah. not have the team behind him to set things up to do the kind of damage that no, Yumbo Visma could doesn't. do to him. He doesn't have the team. Where is he going to close that gap? I mean, it would really take. Set, there's the there's wheels falling off the several set mountain stages still to come. Yes, yes, but several. he is not the same climber as Sep Gus. No, if he if here's what I think. I think if you get into a stage like tomorrow, where there's a lot of climbing and Rimko's like itching to just hammer it, and he's putting distance on Sep Gus, then you see Yumbo Visma change strategies during the race. Change strategies during the race. Sorry, Sep, but we're gonna go reel in Rimko. That's my theory. If they I, don't think have gonna, I think they're going to, they're going to try and bring Jonas back into this, unless he's really that fatigued. He I think that if, it, 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 it makes more sense to bring him in now and to have Remco try and and mark that. And if he doesn't mark that because he's too far behind him right. and he doesn't have faith in the fact that he could potentially be a GC contender in this particular race, then they're going to let him go. If they send Roglic for sure, uh, without a doubt. Right. Remco's chasing him, and then Which Evan Pulse's going to sit on his wheel, and it's just going to be a big GC battle to the end, and they're all probably going to come in within just seconds of each other, and nothing changes. Maybe. If you send Jonas, that's your best chance of to where... Like a maybe. Exactly, to either put another guy in contention mm-hmm. or have uh, Remco chase him down and burn some matches and then right. c- counterpunch him, not necessarily tomorrow, but the following day, and like really start to fatigue him. 
Yeah. I would say the only way you do well when you're going up against a team of three tight, you know, three titans of the yep. sport yep. is you have to be the smartest racer of all time and really handle those matches carefully. I don't think Rim is intelligence. There. That's not that guy. Is intelligence a factor or a, a qualifying oh, yeah, factor for um, the big six? <laughs> Intelligence is a no, huge factor. It, fair, not according to Remco, it's not. <laughs> I, I will say, Vingago, in his interview today, was like, I would like nothing more than to see Sepp win this race. Yep. I would love it. Yeah. But this race is not over. Yeah. And you can't count me out yeah. either. How, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. How much right. do those guys love Sepp? Because he have is to. always there for them. Yes. He is always pouring himself inside out, doing exactly what he's told, and then some... They would absolutely love to see him win this. It yeah. makes you wonder, okay, do what is are they motivated by like their own bonus schedule? If I'm gonna win this race, what does it do for my legacy and and mm, my yeah. bonus schedule? Or oh my gosh, would I love to give back to my teammate who has done so much for me? I mean, you wonder There's what, a brotherhood really there that you can definitely see. Yeah. And those are good sportsmen. They are good people. They, they seem like it. They yeah. really like each other, and I think that they want to win this for him. I think that they're going to... They've got so many options here, and that's going to be the fun part of watching the rest of this tour. I think Sepp is going to have to crack to 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 have Yumbo's Visma's team change strategy, which could right. very well happen. Yeah. It's a possibility. It's going to be fun to watch. It should be fun to watch. Who cracks first, though, Sepp or Remco? I think that, I mean, here's the thing. Like, we're talking about these are the places where things can change are all climbing stages. Yes, that's Sepp's wheelhouse, man. That is his game. He, I don't think he's likely to crack on those things. Yeah. He may not be the best athlete on one of those days, but he's not likely to crack so much. I, I don't I don't think Yumbo I mean unless Yumbo messes up nutrition or something along those lines, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. So again, it's eight stages left, Lance? That's, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Of the eight stages, how many of those are climbing stages? I, I don't know. Three, I their website four. sucks, I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the next two days are mountain stages. I just gotcha. And then there's a hilly stage and I think it goes for where there. a breakaway will do something. Yeah. And I mean yeah. they'll be they'll then they'll have one more like at least one or two more climbing stages before the final cruise. And yes, what's the likelihood of this race being over after these next two stages? It, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah. If, if, if Sep is protected and then is able to go at the, you know, on one of these climbs and the other guys help him out and let him go, come on, that'd be freaking awesome. But my, my guess is that, Unless they really gang up on Remco, that Remco won't let Sep get away. So, so if it doesn't let Sep get away, and does somebody else get away? Does Fingergo get away? Oh my gosh! There's there's like so many. It's like so much drama. And what's Soler doing right now? Potential drama. So what? Like, what hey, what's look his, at what? me. What? Why don't you guys look at me? No, I think it's actually better. I wouldn't say don't look at me at all. I, I'm not here. Don't that's pay attention I, to me. That's what I mean. Yeah. They're like, everybody's just discounting Solaire, yes. and he's still ahead of Remco. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty, it, it's exciting. It's like exciting racing. Yeah, this it's is more a good exciting race. than you. After, after this freaking terrible start that they had. Like oh, yeah, that's right. Five stages of which were just a disaster. Yeah. Now it's like, it's like super exciting. It's like really good. So, who's had the, the roughest start to the. Uh, the Vuelta. Uh, uh, 
Garrett. Who? Jertain Thomas. Thank you. Jertain Thomas is not, I think he's in like 20th or something. Oh, man. Poor but, guy. Now, he had a decent day yesterday. I think he got, you know, collected a little bit of time back. But where is he sitting at overall GC right now? He, um, I let me look it up. He is not really that close into it. Stage 13, stage 14, stage 15, all mountain stages. Oh, wow. Okay. So three stages in a row. This is yeah, this is where this tour is going to be decided, if you ask me. I, I agree with that. I think that's fair. I think it would be fun to see it get closer and get everybody even more mixed up in this. I mean, if you get the likes of Avinga go, they can, you know, punch out maybe a, a minute, minute and a half. If, yeah. you know, if uh Roglic can chisel away a little bit of time and if Sep can keep his lead, but if it gets tighter and Remco actually puts in a little bit of time on him and all of a sudden you've got this log jam of like Yumbo Visma versus Sep Kuss and Mark Soler, that could be a lot of fun to watch. That could be fun. Sir Thomas is in 18th in GC right now. He is 734 back. How far away from the top 10 is he? Where's 10th place at? 10th is at 314. So he's four minutes behind uh, 10th. Yeah. He um in the in the time trial, he actually flat no, he didn't flat. He got chain suck and had to swap oh, no. bikes. Ooh. Yeah. So he was he was kind of going for it um as kind of hard as he could. Yeah. And like halfway through his chain got stuck between his eleven cog and the frame and he couldn't mm. get it out, so he had to swap bikes. And after he swapped bikes, he's like all right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna steady ride it in. He didn't like drill it to go in because he hasn't had a very good start anyway. So, how about our boy, um, or actually Matt's boy, Egon Bernal? Uh, Egon Bernal, how's he doing? He's, he's e- Egon to, Bernal. He's, he's like in that specific spot. He's ready to pounce. Ah. Ready to pounce. <laughs> no one's he, expecting him. He's 47 minutes back. He's 47. in 50th. Okay. So so he look is for big things tomorrow. Working for G. He's working for G. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I would say that. The end of the race, the last couple of stages, I'm just looking at this stuff, and it doesn't look like there's as much of like a massive climbing section at the end towards like stage, you know, 19, 20, 21. But there's a there's interesting stages like 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. where there's one with like a really sharp uphill finish, but mostly flat for the day. So something fun will happen there. Yep. And then there's two mountain stages after that. That so. actually probably bodes best for Evanpole, that finish yeah. right there. Yep. Yeah, he, yeah. he can or climb. He, he's, he's powerful, but he's just not that long, sustained, like pure climber guy. I, he can hold his own. That's just my two cents. He can hold his own on long yep. climbs. Yeah. I don't see him being quite as powerful as a Sepkus in a long, hilly, hard day. Yeah. But those shorter, punchier, not rollier because it's not that short, but... I think that he's going to have the uh, the watts per kilogram yep. advantage in that particular scenario. Probably. And then stage 17, 18 are more mountain stages. So it's kind of like we have a, mount, a like a section of mountain stages starting tomorrow, and then we have a little breather, and then another section of mountain stages. And then I think after that, it'll be decided. Yep. I don't think it's going to be decided in the next couple of days. I think it's going to be that stage 18-ish kind of time frame. Hmm. 13, 14, and 15 are climbing days. 13, 14. 13, 14, you're right. 13, that was 14? The, not 15. The 15 is just hilly, not mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah. I was I, wrong about that. I said something wrong earlier. Well, I am going to call my shot. I yep. am going to say that Vingago is going to go hard tomorrow. I am going to okay. say that uh, Remco is going to kind of let him go. He's going to get up the road. He's going to put some time back into GC. I'm going to say that Sepkus is going to probably end up marking Evan Pohl or the other way around. It's probably more of like Sepkus just trying to react to Evan Pohl. Yeah. And he's going to keep it really tight. And he might lose a second or two, but I think he's going to keep it. And I think that 
Vingigo is going to make things more interesting. The following day, I think that they're going to either launch Vingigo again, or it's going to be a Roglic show, and Roglic is going to try and go, and then um, that's where Evan Pohl's going to say, hey, I, I got to go. I got to match this, because that's who I think my competitor is. And I believe I believe that Evan Pohl's going to go, and I believe that Sepkus is going to pip him at the end, and that he's probably going to put some more time into him, and that's going to be your the, the Vuelta right there. Yeah. That's going to be my my shot that I'm going to call. What do you say, Lance? I- <laughs> next two days, next two days are going to say a lot, a whole lot, so... Um, I agree with that. Yeah. I think that we're going to see if Yumbo's team strategy changes in the next two two days. Yeah. That'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I would love them to just go all in for SEP. I think they will just, until just they can't. Just go all in for SEP. But, I think they will until they can't. Right. I, I mean, think it's just, it might be like half of the stage, SEP might be like, hey, I don't have it today. Yeah. So, hey, Vingigo, drill it. Go right. go for it. Let's let's play this a little bit because I just don't have it today. And if he's like, no, I'm I've always been on the front. What I'm what I'm sitting on wheels now for the rest of this race. Okay, I can do that. I would just love Sep to be able to say, yeah, I can sit on wheels as good as you guys yeah. can and attack at the end. So, come on, Sep. I just hang I, in there, buddy. Hang in there. Do hang it. There. <laughs> Matt Legrand. Yeah, call your shot. Um. So wait, I think our call your shot should be is is Sep gonna stay in red the entire way? I'm gonna say yes. You say yes. But how's it gonna happen? Okay. I say yes. You say yes. Here's then. Then I'm gonna say no. But um, <laughs> Matt's wearing how, red by the way too. I'm so wearing red. Matt's gonna say so. Whatever I say goes double. <laughs> That's right. Um. So the team Yumbo Visma's team's all in on Sep. They're all in on Sep, and he's gonna show. Some signs of cracking, not tomorrow, but the day after. That's when he's going to show little signs of cracking. I do think Yumbo will be smart, and they'll send someone up the road, probably Vingigo, and that w- would potentially be a situation where he Vingigo goes up the road, and he waits for Sep Kuss. They pull him in, and he looks fine for the first time, and then he looks like he maybe struggles a little bit tomorrow. And, every, like, and then all of a sudden, you're going to see, we switch to some flat stages so we don't really notice it, but Yumbo's strategy changes and then we get to stage um, 16, which has a little spiky finish. And then 17, I could be getting these numbers wrong. 17, you're in the mountains. And we see who the real leader of Yumbo Visma's team is. Yeah. Primoz Roglic wins red. All right. Did you see Primoz Roglic today at the intermediate sprint? He went for it. Yeah. And got second in the intermediate sprint. And he went because... Because he, because having fun? No, there was bonus seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was ten for first and four for second and yeah. one for third or something like that. And um, Remco was also trying to go for those bonus seconds, and Primos outdid him so that Remco didn't get any bonus seconds. Yes, nice. Have you noticed that Remco's kind of got his number or not his number, but um, Roglic has got Remco's number. Yeah, yeah. Spinned him on the other day. Yeah. For the stage win. Yeah. And then Remco said, oh, I didn't know we were sprinting for the win. I did say Roglic, right? I didn't. You said yeah. Roglic. Okay, good, good, good. I, no, I not, think you said Remco. Rem, I did not say, I do not think Remco's going to win this thing. Yeah. But yeah, Roglic outsprinted Remco for the stage win. And then Remco said, I thought there was still somebody else up the road and we weren't sprinting for the win. So I didn't mm-hmm. really go for it. Mm-hmm. 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 Again, he opens his mouth kind of mm-hmm. like I would and says something stupid. Big six. Big six. <laughs> Big six. I think, I think if Sep wins, he gets to come out and say, uh, you're out of Big Six. I'm Big Six. I'm Big Six now. <laughs> I'm Big Six now. You're out. Yeah. That'd <laughs> you be, be hilarious. Like, 
you can be number seven alone. Like you can be on Seven Island over here. We're, we're big six now. <laughs> big six. I'm gonna wear an honorary uh, um, band-aid over my over my left oh, eyebrow yeah. in honor of uh, Sepkus until he's out of red. <laughs> <laughs> he can hold it for a little while longer. He's getting into some climbing stuff. Come on, Sep. We all, we all want Sep Kusta to, to it. win it all. We it's do, fun. obviously. American, come on. Yeah, it's fun seeing social media right now, too. I mean, yeah. USA Cycling's posting stuff about yeah. him. A yeah. lot of, like, your cycling aficionados are, are can Sep do this? Let's support Sep. Go Sep. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's a, it's a thing right now. There was a Twitter account that got started called GC Sep Kuss. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, they're... Posting all this stuff about him trying to win the GC. It's kind of fun. And Sep even followed the actual account. Oh, nice. <laughs> he seems like he's enjoying it and yes! he's having fun with all of it. He's doing all the right things. <laughs> Chugging champagne. Come on, man. There's <laughs> nothing to not like about this guy. I love it. Anything else you guys want to talk about with respect to La Vuelta? Nope. Nothing, nothing nope. timely. Nothing That's good. crazy going on there. Do you guys want to talk real quick about what just happened with uh, Wahoo and Zwift? Does oh, that yeah. matter? Yeah, I would like to hear about it because I don't know a ton about it, and it's interesting for well, sure from a sports technology standpoint. They used to be the best of friends because you know, you know, Zwift has this great platform, and they needed yep. people riding trainers, and they didn't have trainers. They just had this great platform, and Wahoo's like, "Well, you got this great platform. We got these trainers, and people can plug into it, and let's let's be friends." You know, so they went and did a lot of business together, and all of a sudden, Zwift becomes this like. Thousand pound gorilla in the middle of the room that that mm-hmm. kind of is dominating everything indoor cycling. Yeah, uh, Wahoo grew to massive sizes with their Wahoo Kicker and later iterations of of the Kicker and other products that they launched, and everything was all fine and hunky dory. And then all of a sudden, Zwift's like, "Hmm, they're making a lot of money. We're we're pretty big. We got some money." maybe we want to make our own trainers and there was talk of them making a Zwift bike and then that got canned or shelved or went away and then they said well we want to we want to sell trainers too because we can sell them to our our people our our customers and we can make some extra money and make our shareholders happy they uh went out and bought another company with this black something or other i don't think they bought them um Licensed something from them. They licensed their training, whatever it was, their trainer, and then they rebranded it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they're like, we're going to start selling this and we're going to put this in our store and you can go in there and you can buy all kinds of Zwift swag. You can buy, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of other little tchotchkes and whatnot. But also you can go in there and buy things like Wahoo trainers and then, all right, we'll just put this next to the Wahoo trainer. It's very much akin to the Wahoo core, which at the time was retailing for $900. -hmm. They are like, hmm. Ours is pretty much the same thing. It's pretty damn close, but we're going to sell for six hundred bucks, and we're going to basically undercut them dramatically. Five hundred? Was it five hundred bucks? Yeah, it was even less. So. All right, um, I don't know. But you're probably right. You did a review on the thing, right? Yeah, it's so cheap. Yeah, well, we'll talk affordable. about that in just it's a second. So, say. Zwift is selling trainers that are very, very similar to the Kicker Core. Um, for all intents and purposes, the core is a much more solid unit. It's battle tested. It's been around since what, 2018 or something like that. It's been a minute that they've had that around and and it's just, it works really well for everybody and it's not nearly as expensive as their, their flagship model, the kicker. Then Wahoo kind of gets, yeah, gets word of this. They start looking at the trainer like, Hey, wait a second. There's technologies in this that are kind of infringing on what we think is, um, falls under our patent. And they kind of got into fisticuffs over this. So the um, trainer that Zwift licensed and rebranded is from, it's called the Jet Black Volt. Mm. And that was really sold in Europe for the most part. And I guess the patents that Wahoo has are 
not applicable to Europe. I don't know exactly how that works. That'd Mm -hmm. be a good question for someone that has more info on this. But as soon as Zwift was selling the Zwift Hub for $4.99 in the U.S. and worldwide, immediately that flagged Wahoo, and they're like, "Yep, this goes to court." You know, it was a patent infringement thing. And so, um, so that's the lawsuit that happened and settled. Well, it recently settled, but you know, in, in that process, they they really got pissed at each other. Um, right. Well, Wahoo then rolled, went out and bought RGT and, and really started to make it a thing, and they wanted to go up toe-to-toe with Zwift in terms of the the trainer platform that people can plug into and do writing and be social and do all mm-hmm. the other fun things. Um, and then Zwift's like, well, we're not going to sell your trainers anymore. So they basically had a bunch of inventory that they fire-sailed for stupid cheap. And that made all of the Wahoo dealers upset, and they got rid of all their stuff. And then, so you could get a hub, a, a Wahoo. Sorry, not a hub. You could get a Wahoo Kicker Core for went for, through the Zwift site for similar price? cheap. I can't Probably remember the exact similar to their, exact amount, but no one you know, undercut the re- your own product. Yeah, the retail was nine hundred on the Kicker Core, and I think they were selling them for pretty stinking close like to what. The, yeah, exactly. Just to get rid of the inventory. I don't know if they're making money, losing money. I don't know what their arrangement was with, money, yeah. but they just wanted to get it out of their store. They didn't want to be selling the competitor's mm-hmm. product. And then they went into court, and it was ugly for a while. And it was pretty contentious, and you know there was all kinds of things going on and injunctions trying to be put into place. And long mm, story short, right. they got to this past week, and they kissed and made up. They they sorted out all I of wish their we indis- knew the details of like the settlement. Yeah. You don't usually get to see any of that stuff. They no. did release some of the information. I don't know if they talked exactly about what the the payout was, but there is a, a licensing agreement in place. Okay. For so Zwift is paying for some sort of licensing every time they sell one of their Zwift hubs. Correct. Which stinks for them because they're basically selling those things dirt cheap because they just want people to use their game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. but you, you got to imagine they're making some money on that too. I mean, why would why would they go through I mean, all of that hassle because, to not make a few bucks on it? Because they want people on trainers. They're going to be on their trainers regardless. Um, not if they can't afford a trainer. If you can't afford a trainer, you're not on Zwift. All they want is people on Zwift. The yeah. game. Well, they're well. Then why did why did they go and acquire that? Why didn't they just say, hey, well, let's because because hey, there was no Jet Black or whatever your guys called. Let's put your stuff in there that's less expensive. Because there was our name the, on there. The Jet Black was a thousand dollars. Zwift wants. They want. Um, I'm trying to think of a good person. They want my wife, for example, on instead Swift of, instead of Peloton. And she's, yeah, and she's not going to spend a thousand dollars on a sure. trainer. But oh, five hundred bucks, four ninety nine. Okay, I could do that. Yeah. And then let's well, go I mean, for Swift since I'm already buying it on the Swift name. Things like the Kicker Snap, and there's other things out there oh, that you can yeah. use that are, they're they're not good. Right. Um, How much is the Snap right now? Uh, cheap, I don't know, 400 bucks, 400 bucks something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's other things that you can use. You don't have to have a smart trainer. You can just use a, a cadence sensor is the basic minimum. And you can get one of those for 40 bucks or something right. like that. Put it on your bike, ride on a, a dumb trainer, fluid mm-hmm. trainer, and you're you're in the game. You're doing yep, your thing. That's true. It's loud. It's obnoxious. It's uh, it's hard on your bike. It's you know, it's not accurate and all the other things. But you're you're in the game. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that they would do something to that degree to try and get that particular unit into their store to get them sold, to get people riding on their platform without them making a few bucks on it. There, there they, has to they, be some margin in there. There's their probably, I bet you it's tiny. It's not huge, but I bet you it's there. And I bet you it could be significant enough. I mean, if you sell, you know, 10,000 of those trainers, yeah. I don't know if they're selling that many, but you know, they're, they're probably making a few bucks on that. And it's money that's you, come back into their platform. I bet you profits. If I'm just going to throw out random numbers, I bet you profits on like the kicker, Wahoo Kicker Core is probably something like 400 bucks of profit each time they sell one, 300, 400 bucks. And I bet you the Zwift Hub is like 
hundred or less or something. I mm. bet you it's pretty tight. When you think about potential returns, you've, t- you've got all kinds of other things like you've got all the marketing stuff to pay for, just lots of things that add up. I just bet you the margins are tight on that well, one. They've already got a marketing budget, and if they're just going to piggyback that on what they're already spending, I can't imagine that it's going to be terribly expensive. But yeah, that's just my, my thought process it on that. It depends on what they got from Jet Black for their... I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a, a curious question. So You it, should borrow my Zwift Hub and try it and see what you think, just out of oh, like Matt, an Matt, odd Matt, curiosity. Matt, Matt. You, yeah, that's funny. You think I still ride bikes, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Biking is for suckers. No, dude. Like Lance knows. I, I took up a new sport, dude. Yeah. He's a dog walker. A competitive dog walker, yeah. <laughs> Viciously competitive. Yeah. Watch your back if you're out walking Me, your Lola, dog. and Zeke, man, we're on a training program. We're, we're kicking. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good times <laughs> uh there's also a licensing licensing agreement now so zwift is paying wahoo for a, a right. licensing fee yep. so not just the selling so, of the kickers but so if their margins are tight fee. now they're like oh crap our just margins are even bit tighter, yeah. tighter. Yeah. but they're only selling kickers they're only selling trainers that are bundled with a zwift subscription hmm. okay is zwift no i'm so. under the understanding that um even though Wahoo said that they would not be letting Zwift sell their product ever again. I don't know if they should have used those those terms because right, the word right. never the never thing has gone away, and they're supposedly going to be bringing all of the Wahoo products back into their store to the Zwift store to be sold. And you got to imagine that Wahoo's, you know, going to give them some margin on that as well. And you know, no, it should be normal. I mean, I feel like the they're bringing Zwift back all should have to. Abide by the agreed upon pricing. Yeah, Zwift is bringing in the kicker core, the kicker, the kicker bike, and then the other snap. things. The desk, the not the snap, oh, not the snap. The snap has been discontinued. Well, they're still yeah. selling it though. That's but the thing. Like just, I, just I, inventory that they have. Yeah, maybe that's just a lot of inventory that they really can't get rid of. Yeah. Probably not. Uh, yeah. But they're still. But they will. Zwift will sell the desk and the climb and the headwind. And so, it's all at retail pricing. I don't know. Are they? I wonder if they're bundling any of that stuff too, just to try to get people to, to buy get that. rid of some of it. Probably. For Black Friday, I heard that the Kicker Snap is actually going to be a negative price. They pay you. <laughs> they give oh, you money. Wow. They pay you. This they pay you money to take that. It's like two hundred dollars too. It's a pretty good deal. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> well, you know, one of the other curious things is that the Kicker Core again has been around for a minute. The Kicker Core, I've still got one. It's a great device. It's a great device. I I, I want to say that it came out in twenty eighteen, so it's been around. It's on its fifth or sixth season coming out. If I'm I not think mistaken, it might be older than that. It's it could be 2017, but I think it's, it's I, I want okay. to say 2018. That's You're the number that jumps right. in my, it's within that time period. They just dropped their price on that. Oh, really? They went from 900 to 600 or 899 to 599. That's, that's a huge drop. Yeah. So that's pressure, yeah. right? That's pressure from the Zwift hub. And I do think that the kicker core is a better product than the Zwift hub. Yeah. Having ridden both of them a good bit. What would you say the major comparison points are that really set it apart? It's all, it's little things. So if you want to save money, the Zwift hub is a great option. But you'll notice things like it'll slip more. Um, you know the the you know your pickups and things like that isn't nearly as smooth. Power accuracy. Power accuracy seemed okay. Um, there's also some manufacturing issues. Like I had I had some rubbing and stuff like that on the um, initial edition. It didn't end up being a problem. But like if people see that stuff, you're gonna need to return it and go through customer service, which was decent. The yeah. customer service side of things. Yeah. So yeah, I. I don't know. I, the, the kicker course good. It, it's good solid. If you want my two cents, I think they're going to fade out this whole Zwift trainer Zwift thing. I, I think away. that that it's going to completely go away because they Maybe. when they stopped 
they took a big look at the big picture, kind of came away from the scenario a little bit, probably said, you know what, we were probably making a lot more money when we were selling the Wahoo products than we are selling mm. this discounted product. And, yeah. you know, and a lot of people already have trainers. And if you've got other partners that, you know, potentially are willing to bring some of the prices down, uh, the core coming down, <laughs> if, I, I, yeah. I really think that that was the signal right there that that whole jet black or whatever that thing's called is going to go away and that it's going to be a stronger partnership between the two, Maybe. but that it's still curious, like, well, what's going to happen with RGT? That's a really good question. If for some reason Zwift and Wahoo became really tight and they were like, we're going to do away with the kicker, the Zwift hub, we want to sell your kicker core and we want to sell it for dirt cheap. Then mm -hmm. I could see Wahoo being like, okay, let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, that would be a good move for Wahoo. I think because they could probably move a lot of product and Let's be honest, like bike trainers are not selling very well. Wahoo is in a world of hurt, mm. or at least they have been. They seem better now, well, but they were in a world of hurt a year ago for sure. Yeah, they had a lot of financial responsibilities to different um, capital yes. firms that they were you know, in debt to that they had to get paid off. And there was even questions at some point in times if they were going to miss some of their payments and they were getting... They missed, the, the, I think they, they missed were getting, two payments. Yep, and they got their rating downgraded yep. a few times. I think they were like rated at a D or something like that. Mm. The... Gentleman who started Wahoo, the primary, the CEO, whoever it is, right. um, pulled together the funding and he basically bought brought back everything in-house. They owe yep. nobody money for anything. They've yep. tightened up their game a little bit. They're wow. reconfiguring their marketing and, and their whole production process of how yep. things are going to be done. And they're they're doing what seems like a good job. And I think yep. that like little things like the was it the rival the watch that they were making yes that got tabled and probably went away i have a sneaking suspicion they were that gonna do a second watch supposedly yeah but i mean i'm guessing that the someone with a brain was like no yeah. we're not going here we need yeah. to double down on the things that work yep and then you've got the i think it's what are those the roller what's the roller thing called that they have it's called the wahoo roller Rollers. yeah Wahoo those things are on roller those yeah. things are on fire cell right now because i are think they? they're probably trying to get rid of those because those things were basically a flop yep. if you ask me and yep. that's you know just i agree Get rid of all of the crap, fine tune what it's they not have. Not a bad product. It's yeah. just not one like the price point was not smart. It was yeah. like, here's this really expensive product that is for a very specific use case. Like you're going to a race and you want to bring this big thing. I don't know. It it's a weird product. Yeah. So I I think they're trying to get back to the roots. I think that they really want to start innovating again on the mm -hmm. things that were home runs for them. So I, mean, I, I, I double I, down on bike computers. Yep, they're doing a fantastic job there. Yep. They're doing a fantastic job in the, the trainer market. Um, some of the things that I do see being problematic is still that a lot of these things there's there's price point barriers for folks. Like mm -hmm. they just can't go spend that kind of money. So to see them bring the kicker core down into a more right. reasonable stratosphere, I think that that's a good thing. And then they need to ask themselves a very serious question: Is RGT is that profitable for them? Is that something that they want to push be. on? Yeah. They've done a lot of work on it, though, in the last six months. There have been a lot of updates that have come out, and they've right. refined quite a few things, and it's significantly better than it was. I mean, there was a point in time last year where I almost said, I'm done. I, yeah. I, I had, like, because we work with Wahoo, and they let me, like, test everything. I get, like, a free account. Mm -hmm. I was having so many problems with it where I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to Zwift, and I'm going to start paying the 15 bucks a month again yeah. and just call it what it is. And then all of a sudden, some updates happened. Some things came out. They refined a few things. I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. This is a good thing. I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to continue using it. There's a you know a new land or two that has come out. It seems like there's a few more people riding in there, but the, the use is such a small, tiny, tiny drop in the bucket compared to Zwift. Like right. if you go ride on Zwift on a busy night, there's Ooh. thousands of people. Yeah. You go ride on RGT on a busy night, there might be 50 or 60 people. It's also not indoor trainer season really True. at the moment. 
True. So <laughs> it, it kills me that I've been paying for Zwift and I, I mean, I'm just not using it right now. Yeah. I don't know. I've had it off for a full year. You save money, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think I think that um, the RGT stuff is a decent investment. They probably picked it up at a reasonable price. They also bought Sufferfest, which probably cost a little bit more. They have, if you look at it, if you look at like the package that they have, yeah. it's nice. It's, it's a, great a very pa- great package. Yeah. I mean, it's I, all I, put together very well. There are a lot of people that are using it to its full degree. The Sufferfest, yep. the training platforms, mm-hmm. RGT, and just following everything, and they absolutely love it. And yep. there's a lot of cool stuff in there, too. I think they've got, like, yoga and Pilates right. and strength training and flexibility. And, and cool videos cool about videos. athletes. Yeah, so they've got a lot of stuff going on, and, and it's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, people just love Zwift. And Zwift's great, except for their Magic Rainbow Roads or whatever they call yeah. those things. That, that was <laughs> yeah, the hill, stupid. Um thing. Well... I think people, some people, I don't know. I, I I did a video on that that was interesting to hear people's comments in the thing. And it was just like, I'm not doing Rainbow Road. This is ridiculous. And then other people were like, better than nothing. And it's a you Mario. Know, you're, you're Watch doing, out for that banana. Yeah. And you're, you get to climb around. Yeah. So I don't know. What? I can't remember the name of it. I watched DC Rainmakers uh, video mm-hmm. on it. But there's another training platform that came out. And this one's going to be quite curious. Zwift lost their indoor trainer world championships to right. this particular oh. platform. Yeah. This particular platform has incredible graphics. It's pretty stinking cool, and they're constantly innovating. And here's the kicker. It's 100% free, and it is right. bankrolled by the UAE. What? Is it really? Yes. They've got funds galore. I don't quite understand what the... Uh, the the angle is at here, but the UAE is throwing all kinds of money at this, and they want it to be big time. And I am curious to see what that's going to do. They they already took away a huge thing from Zwift. They're offering what seems like a great program that is going to be free, and they're constantly innovating. And they've they've copied a lot of stuff from Zwift. There's a lot of things that are very familiar in there. And if they can catch up and if they can grab enough people, there might be a, a situation where like, all right, well, everything's still going to remain free. But if you want some of the premium features kind of think Zwift or not Zwift, but I'm um, Strava, you can pay, you know, an extra however much money per month and go from there. So I'm curious what the long play is on this and how they think that this is going to work. But is I it th- called full gas? Is n- that it? No, it's no. something called else. My whoosh. My whoosh. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I haven't dove into this just to learn about it, but yeah. it looks to me like it's got potential. I think having this freemium kind of concept is the way to go if you're going to try to put a dent into Zwift, yeah. where you you know you you get to play, you get to do all this stuff. If you want numbers there, which you do want for mm-hmm. this, because you know just like you talked about, you go on Zwift and there's a thousand people, and you go on something else and there's fifty, and so you really do you have to get people there, and therefore, just like any sort of social network, this is kind of a problem with all social networks. Like you have to have the social network side yeah. before people want to join, so you have to have the massive amount of people, and free is a great way to do oh, it. Yeah. yeah. So. I think you've got to be willing to invest and probably invest for a couple of years. Here's another thing, though. You can use RGT for free. You're very limited in terms of the lands that you can go to. But But what's nice, though, is like if you want to, you can still follow programs. You can still do all the things. You're going to be stuck in the same land doing the same thing over and over again. But you can can do the workouts. But what's cool is like if you want to join like a group ride on there, you can do that. And then you get to go ride in other places. So if you want to ride by yourself... For free, you're going to be stuck in one land, but then you can go join other rides in there, and it's still free, and you can go do what you want to do, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, this My Whoosh, is that what it's called? Yeah, My, my whoosh. whoosh. It's an interesting name. Yeah. is uh, It's it's 
it's curious. It's it's it definitely has like kind of a, a look and feel Graphics. of of Zwift yeah. with more a little bit more of an RGT kind of realistic look to it. It's kind of like a, a blend between the two. So and they've got a lot of different worlds and supposedly they're going to continue innovating. I can't remember exactly what DC had to say in terms of what the downside was. Um, I think one of the things though was that there's just not a lot of people. A lot of people come, they try it, they just don't come back. It, because yeah. they they want to go where the people are at. Right. So right. how do you get people to come over? Well, right. you start hosting world championship races. Right. That's true. You start throwing other things at it and you know, the UAE they got a lot of money, guys. Yep, they do. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> they can spend that money on Indoor bike stuff. That's and, good. That's better than spending on some other things. And just need to slap Pagacha's face on there and have him come do a few guest rides. And the next thing you know, you've got a bunch of folks say, hey, yeah. this is actually kind of a neat little platform. Mm-hmm. What happens to Zwift if they, they catch on? And what if uh, they start getting some numbers coming over there and, and testing the waters and people saying, you know what? I don't want to spend, you know, $150, $200 a year on Zwift. I want to go ride on this thing for free. Well... I mean, I think if you're Zwift, you got to be somewhat patient. Like this company does have to make money mm-hmm. at some point. Like whether they're bankrolled by whoever, you eventually you got to make money Dude, if you're a company. The Which UAE they, could. they could do the freemium model wipes their backside with the amount of money yeah, it costs to run this platform. So it's it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Well, it depends on you know who at the UAE is really bankrolling this, and eventually things have to make money. Eventually, companies have to make money. Of all, long- of all these platforms, who's the Remco Evan Pole? <laughs> the Rimco Evan. Who's the Sep? My Sep- whoosh is Kuss. definitely Rimco. Rimco. You think so? Yeah. Okay. For sure. <laughs> Who's the Sep Kuss? Um, probably RGT. Probably yeah. RGT. I don't know. All right. Interesting. Cool. This has been Trainer Wars. Trainer cool. Wars. I don't, I just think it's an interesting little story, little saga. It it's is kind of it like is. a nice little segue into the fall. It's the fall time. It's. Unfortunately, trainer season for you. Who's it still ride bikes? We're out gonna there. have to get on I, trainers. So. I uh, I rode on Zwift this morning. Good for you. Yeah, that's good. I should have done that. All right, that's that's enough of that. Anything else that you guys want to inject on that? We good? Go, go We're set. good. Go okay. set. Go set. Champ here. I'm all Champ about Bailey. Kind of already talked about the important stuff. Champ Bailey here. What do you want to talk about, Champ? Uh, the only other thing I would talk about is well, there's two oh. the two other races going on. The Tour of Britain we also has have started. Local, local stuff. Yeah, the Tour of Britain has started, and uh, Jumbo Visma has been dominating that. It's been kind of weird. Um, they they didn't get their road clearance um, till very late and so there's not a lot of climbing in the first four days and the Yumbo visma writer uh, what's his name oluv or something he, big time sprinter yeah he won all he's won all four stages yeah all with with uh with um wout leading him out yeah, like, wout's already called this guy like the, the next best the sprinter next best sprinter yeah so that's been pretty you know it's been jumbo is just like rocking all of it so it's pretty exciting um, in the gravel world, I went to Rebecca's Private Idaho. Oh, yeah. Yep, and that was just a fantastic race. Uh, the weather was actually really great. We had no smoke. Yeah, you were worried about that. I was yeah. worried about smoke. I even told my wife as we were driving down, I'm like, if the AQI is bad, I'm turning around and we're going yep. back. I thought about you one day. I can't remember what day. It, it was, was a morning. The, like next Thursday. Here. It was smoky, and I went to take the dogs out because I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, that's what professional dog walkers do. When so. take them out to Pro. use the bathroom and it's freaking raining and it smells like smoke. I'm like, was, what is going on here? This it's raining, raining and, and smoky. smoky. And the it AQI was, was still bad. It was here. like it was 120 so or something. Like 130, yeah. Oh, that is weird. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Where did this come from? Canadian wildfires, I guess? It was. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. you dealt with none of that. We got none of it. Okay, so we pulled all of the ran away, yes. all of the smoke away. So Lance could go have a great RPI. <laughs> so, you better have won, you mf'er. I did not win. <sighs> but I the the stage race was won by Griffin Easter, a three day stage race. Um, and who was second? Michael Vandenham, who won the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder. He was second. Wow. He is a wow. professional cyclocross racer. And third was Alex House. So, oh wow, yeah. So Alex House showed up and uh, threw down. Kind of, kind of exciting. Stage one was like a thirty-five mile race, and they had a three-man sprint for the finish. Really? And Alex House, it was on gravel. He attacked like with I don't know four hundred meters to go, and double unclipped and Ooh. surfed his top tube for like. <laughs> 30 okay. meters. <laughs> Surfed his top tube. Do you want to describe how that feels? So it does not feel good. It's all up in your... Split the jewels? Taint. <laughs> your, your taint your surfing. Your taint was there too? Your taint surfing. Uh, so he ended up not... He was third, but... Um, and it was literally like inches. What did his dog do in his backpack? Did that's, the dog hold that's on? That's Alexi Vermeulen. Oh, he was not there. Sorry, this, wrong guy. <laughs> dang it. So this is uh, this Alex house. He's the EF education guy. Okay. Oh, no, I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second day time trial, Griffin Easter ended up winning the time trial as well. Um, it's a five mile uphill time trial. Mm. And then the last day of the hundred mile race, it was a three up sprint again Seriously, at the very end. And Michael Vandenham literally won by like two inches over Alex house. So bike throw. Did they have to have like high speed camera? Or? Yes. It took oh, them a wow. minute to kind of figure out who won. So that's crazy. It was kind of exciting racing and. Our weather was decent. We did get rained on on the final day. I did not do the whole stage race. I just went and watched all the stages. Did you do any of the stages? Uh, the last, I, okay, just the last day, but I only did the fifty-six mile race. So, so you cherry picked the kitty race. I cherry picked the kitty race. All right, but um, on the women's side, uh, Sarah Max from Bend actually went out and won the stage race there Good as job, well. Sarah. Yeah, so Sarah has been just killing it this year. She's in like. 10th or 12th in Lifetime Grand Prix Fitness. Oh, wow. And, you know... She, um, she came out to stay sharp and win yeah. another race. And, and it's a really cool race. Carl Decker was there, and and Sarah Max were there. They're both from Bend, and uh, I was just... It was... I had a blast this last weekend hanging out with all these people, hanging out with Yuri Hosfold again and his wife and all these guys, so... Yeah. Other uh, friend of ours, uh, ex-local, um, Doug Lamy, right? Was that there? Yes, Doug. I saw a picture. That was that was kind of fun. Yeah. So we ran into each other at the at the registration. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what race are you doing? Doug's like, yeah, I'm just gonna do the 56 mile race. I'm like, well, I'm doing that too. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, well, find me tomorrow. It ended up being chilly that morning, and he didn't have his arm warmers, so I loaned him a pair of arm warmers so that he could have something. Sure. And you know, you know me. Um, when we lined up, I lined up on the front row. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care what. I'm just going to line up right on the front row. And Doug was like four rows back. And I'm like, I just waved at Doug and, and like gave him the come here. I made him come up on the front row with me. And he's like, I don't belong up here. And I'm like, neither do I. But <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Let's just start from the front row. He's like, okay. So Doug just came play out. the part. Yep. Yeah. So it was good. Um, the race for me was actually went really well. 56 miles and about 4,000 feet of climbing with some big, gnarly 
gravel descents. Okay, that's right down my alley is big, long gravel descents. Big, long gravel climbs, not right down my alley. Mm-hmm. But um, there were like 300 people in the um, in the 56-mile race, and we... I ended up seventh place overall. Dude, that's good. Wow. Yeah. Nice job. So wait, wait, and last year I think it was like 13th. And so I went like 10 minutes faster than last year Attaboy. and moved up a little bit. They don't have master's categories. They don't have age group categories. Um, I would have been the fourth over 40-year-old that finished and the second 50-year-old that finished. So Travel, up, man. Yeah, it ended up being a, a good day for me. And Doug was only 10 minutes behind me or something like that. Good. So he was up there, you know, pretty well. So good yeah. job, Doug. So, sounds like he's liking life out there in Idaho. He is loving living in Boise. Yeah. So. How far away was the uh, the race from Boise? It's like two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah, it's like cool. two and a half hours from Boise. So it was it was nice. Him and his wife came up. His wife actually did the tater tot, her first ever, ever bike race. Mm-hmm. So they both came up as well. So, yeah, that was exciting. The bummer about me being at the uh, Rex Pride of Idaho is I missed the uh, Hetmere Cyclocross race. The season opener. The yep. season opener for here us here in the Portland area. On lovely Vancouver Beach. On on, on the Vancouver beach. Lake. Sandy beaches of Vancouver Lake. It was uh, a little bit different course this year, um, a little tighter, and the sand section was... Was was different than they've done it in years past. Yeah. So before in the past, there was like a, a, a sand ramp that you would ride down to the beach, and a lot of people could like muster enough you power make to get it to exactly the just beach. power through it. And it was always funny because the people that don't know how to position themselves for the entry into the sand would always go flying over, and you'd see all kinds of awesome scorpions or people just like sailing yes. over the bars, and it just like it was it was funny. You'd always get the best pictures there, but. A lot of people would either dismount, or if you had some skills, you could ride down to the beach and get onto the harder packed part of the beach, and then you would ride the entire beach. And um, then to come back up, you had to dismount and run through the sand, because I don't think anybody had the, the legs or the power to go through that uphill in deep, thick sand on a bike. So this year, they went in maybe halfway down the beach yeah. or maybe there's like a close to a third. So they only used maybe like a third or just more than a third of the beach. And it was kind of like a big crescent shaped uh, bit. And it was all in thick sand. The very early races, there was some hard pack stuff and you could kind of get down there, but it was still pretty hard. But you couldn't get to hard pack and no. and like rest and ride it out. Yeah. So it was so, like ride as long as you can and then you're hopping off. Yeah. And, and it was it was one of those things. It's like, all right, do I try and ride it as far as I can and, and, and smash my legs and get off and run and smash them even more? Or do I just get off and run the whole thing at a consistent pace which one was going to be the most economical energy wise and it was it was kind of a mixed bag i mean some people who are a little bit lighter that had a little bit of power could float over the sand and go a little bit further and i think that ultimately ended up being the right play but more times than not people the best call was just to get off and 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 run through at a very consistent pace with Mm -hmm. your bike mounted up and you know you'd be good to go yeah but yeah i didn't quite see as many casualties on that though on so that. <laughs> there weren't as many people trying to send it to get down to the beach and that that wasn't quite as fun but it was still a great course they did a good job lots of people showed up we had a lot of teammates there racing um i think the 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 cat one two field was won by landon farnsworth yeah i believe and i think second was a guy named peter i don't i don't actually don't know this name um, where is it? Peter Bentley and third was Zane Strait. Oh, Peter Bentley is a 16 year old. Hmm. So, oh, you up and comer coming. Interestingly, um, I'm looking at the results and Landon Farmsworth won the cat one to open and the cat 
two three. Mm-hmm. He, he raced the cat two three just before the one two, and and he won this the single speed. Yep, he did wow. three races and won all three. Nice yep. work. Yeah, guy's a beast. That's a beast. Yeah, yep. Um, we had a lot of people show up and do this race, and our good friend Scott Schultz, who runs Zone Five, was ecstatic at the the numbers and the support that he Fantastic. got coming out there. It wasn't the biggest cyclocross race that I've ever seen, but it far and away exceeded what he had as his as his goal. I think it was probably somewhere between 450 and 500 people that um, signed up and raced. Fantastic. That's, that's a great kickoff to the start of the season. Yeah. And he's doing a fantastic job. With zone five. He's He's got the social media on point. His races are on point. He's doing a lot of things that have never been done before with respect to really just providing good, solid information for people and encouraging people to come out and getting more people involved. And that it was just a great event. There, there wasn't much that I would change about it. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I spent the entire day there. We provided neutral support for the race. Oh, so. Cool. I was there and set up at like, you know, 7.15, 7.30 in the morning, and we helped people throughout the course of the day, myself, Paul, and Cameron. And um, I got the chance to, you know, run around all over the place and take a bunch of pictures of everything, and that was a blast. And my hip was freaking yelling at me the next day oh for boy. it. But, uh, After it, all it, the running it, around. It, yeah, my, the number of steps that I made that day were pretty pretty impressive for me. But um, got a bunch of great photos and, and really got a chance to, you know, talk to a lot of people. And the vibe was like a normal cross race. It was just fantastic, and it was just good to see it back. Stoked. Teammates that won, David Barna yep. uh, won, uh, Cameron Berglund yep. won, um, I'm going through here quickly. Julia Barna won. Julia I think. Barna yep. won, and I think that's it, teammates who actually won, and, and several other on podiums. Yeah, we had Eric a bunch Duggar of- Duggar and Tom Counts. Yep. Yeah, we had a bunch of people finish on the podium, a bunch of people finished top five, a ton of people finished top 10. We had a lot of racers show nice. up to that, so it was fun. It was good to watch. Good deal. Yeah. Other than that, champ out. Champ Bailey out. Out. Cool. Um, let's. We haven't done this in a while. I want to say thank you because we still have oh, a bunch okay. of people that some reason want to support this show. They want to do this this Hooray. Patreon thing, which is fantastic. And um, I just wanted to say first and foremost, thank you for the continued support. And we want to do a Patreon drawing. Lance, what do we have sitting on the table here? We got the uh, the special Patreon drawing. Tub. Petri dish. Oh, the petri dish. We and, also have growing four, things. but 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 well, just one we of the have four brand new dialed cycling bottles from oh, wow. Polar from Camelback. Camelback. So yeah, the, it's the the, the, the the podium chill bottle. It is from a very nice water Camelback. bottle. They yeah. are, they're super. Nice. These things are like the best. I've had a set of these things, no joke, for probably thirteen or fourteen years. I had I at one point in time had four of them and now I only have three because I lost one in a race once, but it was a sad day. Lost a soldier. But anyway, they, these things last for eons. Good. They are super solid. They there's you don't have to squeeze them super hard to get a, a big flow out of them, but they, they pull air back in and they fill up nicely. Like the water bottles that we've had for the past, I don't know, several years, five, yeah. four or five years have been good. Those Pierce bottles are good, but there's a lot of things that irk me about those things they always leak like i hate it when you go to squeeze them and it shoots out the side because the the bottle itself gets a little deformed and yeah. the next thing you know you've got like scratch lab stickiness all over your legs i'm like this is great i get to deal with this for the rest of the ride and then the other thing that really upset me is when you squeeze the water because you're trying to drink it you had to squeeze really hard and if it wasn't spraying all over it would you know stay squeezed it would it wouldn't let the air come back in quickly and so it was hard to get uh-huh. back in your thing so these just don't do that and so i finally was right, able to cool. get some things made with uh, camelback and we've got some really sweet bottles here if you want to go check them out i think we posted them up on dial cycling's instagram not the podcast but dial cycling if you want to go check them out and they're on the website too if you want to get one yourself i'm excited for these because my dialed cycling bottles are 
nasty. You've seen better days. <laughs> to be anyway, thrown away. Yep. So if you want a bottle, you can go to the the, the lab's website, Dialed Cycling, and, and check those out. But today, we're going to give one away to one of our Patreons as a means of saying thank you. Um, these things aren't cheap either. So this is a, this is a neat little prize. So Lance, is, oh, you just lost somebody. Or is that the person? Did they just jump out? Yep, and that's who it is? Jumped okay. jumped out. That's kind of cool. So who is our winner? winner? Our winner today is... Alan Walls. Alan Walls. Okay. I don't know who that is. That's fantastic. We have Patreons that I don't know who they are. <laughs> well, Alan, if you are listening to this and you want to get your uh, water bottle, shoot us an email. You can send that over to info at dialedcycling.com and we will get in touch with you. And if you're not here in the, the greater Portland area, we will ship it out to you and Drive it in the mail, and you can support this thing. And Thank you, Alan, for being a patron. We appreciate it. And if anybody else wants to be a patron, you can go to uh, dialcycling.com, and you can look for the Dial uh, podcast on there. Click on that, and then in, on the homepage of the Dial podcast, you will see um, the Patreon link there that you can follow, and you can pick a patron that works best for you. Pretty cool stuff. Love it. Thank you. And I guess you could also go to dialpodcast.com. I think that also takes you there as well. Mm-hmm. Does, anyway, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Cool. All right. Um, do, are we going to backpedal today? You want to just backpedal real quick? We can backpedal quick. Yeah. Go, I've, been, go I've been swimming a little bit. I did a bike ride with David Goodman on Monday, Memorial Day. It was great. Oh, I got an invite to that. Thank you, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were um, watching football, Drove probably. all the way to friggin' Yelm to watch my son play football. Yeah. Oh, I talked to the, the <laughs> football coach, and I was asking about some stuff, and he was like, we're going to Yelm, and I'm like, good luck to with wherever that is. It's like two hours, by. two hours north. Yeah. 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 Yep, 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 yep. Good luck. Out there in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than biking a little bit, I have been uh, swimming with Master Swim Team and running with the Camus Cross Country Program and, and mountain biking with the Camus Cross Country nice. Program. Yep. Mountain bike still getting used. Love it. How about you, Lance? Um, I am in full cross prep mode now that I'm done with my Good. gravel uh, Gravel racing. season over? Yeah, gravel cross season, season is over. Full force. Yeah, so um, I'm still I'm you, still you, doing a couple workouts. You Zwifted today. Week. What I are you doing tomorrow? Today, uh, tomorrow, I, we, there's a race on Sunday, and so I'm... Start tapering? I'm tapering for this race. All right. So... It'll all be good. But I, I did a mountain bike ride last night, uh, and Sean came out and rode with Sean us. Sean Martin. Sean Martin. So yes. happy to see him. Was that the last dirt school for the season? That was the last dirt school for the season. That was the plan. I just want to go on the record and say thanks, Randy Frost, for putting those together. Sounds like everybody who showed up had a really good time. They were awesome. I was broken, and I didn't have a mountain bike, so I missed this year. But I will be out next year. We had a blast. There was like every night we did dirt school Somebody took a KOM on some segment oh, there geez. because there's 10 of us and we end up, you know, flexing off at each other. Ah. So, so that was a lot of fun. Last night, I had a great time. So, so it's all been good. Dirt school turned into dirt flexing? Yeah. They're like, what am I? I, don't, I shouldn't be riding with you guys. I'm like, that's exactly why you're here. Yeah. Is to follow wheels and learn how to ride these trails faster. I learned a lot. So loved it. Thank you. All right. Uh, my backpedal, I walked my dogs. I love this this Seinfeld episode. (laughs) One last thing, Matt Legrand, go.
uh, posted a Koros video that, that I probably talked about in the last podcast. I don't remember if I did, but it did pretty well because yeah. I, because the title of it again was, uh, we talked about this before the podcast, but it's like any title of videos that are controversial or whatever. This one was like, Koros doesn't give a damn. <laughs> right. And it did okay. Oh yeah. People click on that, man. They want to see why Koros doesn't give <laughs> why a damn. Doesn't Koros and, care? and then I send a uh, message to the CEO of Koros cause he is like really easy to, he's, he's, He's Good very approachable yeah, and uh, and a super cool guy. And I was like, I'll change the title of this if you want me to. Um, and he was like, no, I like it. It's got personality. And he's like, let me ask the team. And he, so this was like around Memorial Day. And he was like, everyone likes it. And I was like, okay, cool. Okay, go for it. Because it is, it is complimentary. It's like, you know. The, the video is complimentary. It is. It's yeah. very, it's a very nice watch for $200, $230. It's a great watch for that price point. And the whole thing was like. You're not supposed to put all your best features in your cheapest watch, but Coros doesn't give a damn. <laughs> they did That's it anyway. Kind of like the general concept, right? Uh, and it is. It's good. It's a great watch, and uh, and that watch that video has done quite well. And we want numbers. You can't just say it did quite well. Uh, it 20, came out twenty thousand, maybe or so right. a week. Um, let me go watch that. Some make a few some, bucks. Let me give you some real numbers. Twenty-two thousand coming up on 23,000. And how many weeks or no weeks days and, has that been out? Um, I don't know, 7 maybe. Okay. It's been a week basically. Um I can tell you maybe. Anyway, maybe I can't tell you. But it's <laughs> it's oh 6 days. 6 days. Yeah. Job, so dude. good oh, wow. good That's video, great. good watch. Um and Coros doesn't give a damn. And they don't give a damn. Uh this week hopefully well, we're at the end of this week, but hopefully before the end of this week, I get another video out and it's going to be the $17 Apple Watch. Will it survive a swim? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it, it does not. not survive. It does not survive you, the, um, the, the work that we put it through. You're wearing an Apple knockoff that is dead. That is your, dead. The Apple, Watch, the Apple Watch Ultra that is $17 doesn't survive swims the one that's eight hundred dollars does does oh so that's curious yeah <laughs> but um yeah so that's a fun video check it out how much does wait. the just the band cost for the actual apple watch if you buy the apple watch ultra band from apple hundred dollars wait what you can get five you knockoff can. watches for the cost <laughs> of the band and the, the knockoff the knockoff watch Comes with two bands. Oh, and it that, comes from this oh. kind of that kind of work on the Apple Watch. I was just gonna say, does it work on there? <laughs> it kind of does. So you could buy that, and just use those bands if you like the bands, and just or, use the other thing for or, skipping stone. Yeah. Oh, skipping. Or you can um, just buy bands, and you can get bands. You can get like a dozen bands for like fifteen bucks. And and I made a whole video talking about the watch bands, and I'm just like, the pricing from Apple is ridiculous. Granted, like. These have like titanium pieces in it and stuff like that, and the cheap ones are not. Don't complicate it with details. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just get cheap bands. You have to buy one nice watch band when you get the Apple Watch, so choose that carefully, and then buy some cheap ones and mix it up. It might end up on the bottom of the lake while you're swimming if the band comes off. That's the thing. Yeah, you really don't want just super cheap stuff falling apart on you. But I got a question for you. What is that watch on your right wrist again? Apple Watch Ultra. Okay. Who makes that? Apple. What do they have coming up? They okay. So this is this is big news. <laughs> this is most important news of the podcast. Hold on, hold on, this? hold on, hold on, hold on. Sepkus. Wait. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I got invited to go down to Cupertino. To what for the? What? You're a nobody. I know. Exactly. How did you get invited to uh, Cupertino? This is just a, this is absolutely ridiculous. So I'm um so my so I asked my friend I'm like because I have a 
quite a few friends that do YouTube or whatever. And he is like a hundred thousand, whatever, uh, subscribers. Maybe he's got 150. I don't know, but he's got a lot of subscribers and I'm, I'm sending a message. I'm like, I, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but would you go if you got invited and I sent him a message like a while ago and he was like, hell yeah, I would go if I get, if I get invited, I'm going. going. And he lives in Boston. And, uh, and so he sent me a text message and he's like, I just got this email. I got an email from Apple. You're not going to believe this. I'm going to Cupertino. I got invited. And I go, oh, that's awesome. And as he's doing that, I'm like, let me just check my email for kicks. And I'm like, holy shit. You're not going to believe this. I got invited too. It makes zero sense. Like you typically for that invite, you're like someone with like a million subscribers. It's kind of surprising that like even DC Rainmaker at like 300,000 subscribers yeah. gets to go to that because usually it's like, like there's, I don't know, MKBHD, he has like 17 million subscribers. Like it's just like, it's the big wigs. It's not place. And I hey, have no one. Those guys don't have a, they don't a regionally ranked podcast. They don't have a regionally ranked <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So that's the that's the, I think the deciding factor. That's the deciding factor. It's the Lance and Jake factor. It's huge. We're just pulling you along. I'm surprised they didn't send me, send me three invites. Why did? Why, can I go as your plus one? <laughs> hey hey hey, <laughs> we are trending in Taiwan. Okay, okay. just just letting you know that could be it. That could be the that could be the situation. Yeah. So I have no idea why I'm going, but I'm super happy and like it's like the whole press event. And then I have like a separate meeting afterwards with like probably the watch team and stuff. I don't know. It's it's. Fantastic. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but it's on the podcast. Don't be suspicious. It's the drugs that I do that help me. Hmm. Congrats, Matt. I so love prob- it. They'll probably announce the Apple Watch Ultra 2. That would be my guess. And the iPhone 15. And so, yeah. Please shoot some kind of vlog with like DC Rainmaker and Desfit. And just and, be like, what am I doing what here? What am I guys? doing here? Why am I here, just, guys? Just, I'm just gonna point the camera at them and be like, why, why am I why am I here? Just go bash go DC yourself. Rainmaker. And he'll it. just be like, he'll just be like, I have no idea. Yeah, you don't deserve you to do be not here. belong here. I don't, who are you? Why are, are you filming you? me? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's what that's gonna be about. It's gonna be fun. I love it. Those guys pulled some strings. Matt's going to be the camera boy. I know. That's right. I told him. I said that's that. Like, that's literally what I said. I was like, I will be your camera guy. I do not belong here. <laughs> so. Oh, I love it. Uh, What's your last thing, Jake? Lance, you need to go. Okay. It's your turn. Oh, I haven't gone yet? No. Oh. One um, last thing. I, okay, I You're am racing. racing. I am racing this Sunday. It is Corn Cross out in. Oh, that's a good one. Boring Oregon. Yep. So it's at the Leopold Farms. There's a, there's like a, the, the, the race course goes through the corn maze, kind of. They build this course. It, this is put on by, this is part of the, the Harvest Cross series, but it's put on by Eric Tonkin and Selwood Cycle. Nice. And so uh, this is a difficult, hard uh, race every year. Our weather actually looks quite excellent for it. It won't be muddy or nasty, knock on wood. So it's uh, been pretty nasty in years past, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it get like super like oh, peanut, yeah. peanut butter style yeah. mud and just yeah, yeah the almost the, unrideable. The miles, the the section through the corn. Um, there's been years where it was unrideable. Yeah, like I I I switched my bike every half lap. <laughs> and they've been doing that Jeez. race forever. It's been like ten years, I yeah. think. Yeah, good good race. Yeah, nice. so good race. So I'm going to do that. That's what's happening. Cool. With me. Yeah. Um, I got. Two one last things. We do have uh after the corn cross, that's the double weekend out at Washugal. Yes. That is gonna be a party. 
that's going to be good times. Everybody who is on our team, Dial Cycling team, who is listening to that, we are having a team party out there on Saturday. Yes. Wow. That is going to be fantastic. And that is for everybody on the team. I don't care if you're a triathlete, <coughs> or if you're a... I'll be in Stillicum. Oh. Fort Stillicum. Mm, crazy. But on Saturday, yeah, uh, bummer. That's anyway, where Nationals was. Yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. have, we're gonna have yeah, a party out there. It's in the same so place, exactly. We're, we're gonna teach our team the ones that don't do cyclocross what cyclocross is all about. Teach them about a little bit of heckling yes. and have them, oh, be you know, do all the fun things. And we're gonna have a party and food and drinks and we're gonna we're gonna make this a thing. So Fantastic teammates, if you hear that, get your butt out there. Come out to Washougal. You will not regret it. That'll yeah. be fun. That'll Although be really I'm fun. racing at nine o'clock, so you probably won't be there in time to scream nasty things at me i think that's the oh, well, first race of the day second race. second race of the day yeah. okay um does it go off in the first heat though and it's the second race in the first heat nope okay it's the second race of the day gotcha. so the first race is what eight eight thirty eight thirty okay come out watch that and if you want to race to pin on a number Anybody that wants to like travel, cycle across, that's a place to go. And they've yes. got some good like uh, beginner classes. They've got open course, so you can go out there and check it out. You can ride it on a mountain bike or a gravel bike if yep. you want. You don't have to have a cross-specific ride bike. Come out and check it out. They will be doing the same thing again on Sunday. Exciting. We won't be doing a team party, but we'll be out there in force doing our thing. Yes. So, And then the Dial Cycling Lab will be out there supporting both days as neutral support and a, uh, a sponsor of the, the event, helping oh, cool. out the old Zone boy, 5 boys. Love it. On another note, a little bit more of a somber note, um, we have a, a teammate, and his name is Chris Ryle. Um, I think I'm saying Ryle. Is it real or Ryle? I'm I think not it's real. Sure. I think it's real. It might be real. Yeah. Anyway, Chris is a, he's a phenomenal guy. He's a huge fan of this podcast. Yes. He actually made, do you remember the, the Lego um, thing with the DC oh. podcast? Oh, yeah. Out of Legos. Cool. And yeah. we have it on display down at the lab. It's we fantastic. Do. The thing is just super cool. This guy is a huge supporter of our juniors program. Like he's always out and about. He runs across deals all the time. And there's sometimes like uh, like marshals or whatnot and whatever. He's in there getting something. But he he goes in there specifically to look at the cycling section to buy stuff to donate to the juniors team. Oh wow! I can't. I, I lost track of how many pairs of shoes, cycling shoes, that he's brought in, and they're brand new. Oh wow! And he's getting them. I mean, he's probably paying anywhere from like ten to twenty bucks for a pair of like eighty to. $150 pair of shoes that somebody just gave to Goodwill or Marshalls or whatever it might be. But he buys them, brings them in, and then we give them to the juniors or people um, that are in need that are trying to get into the cycling oh, community. Wow. He's doing that kind of stuff all the time. He's always out volunteering. I think he originally was a triathlete, but I think we did a good job, kind of converted him. He does more mountain bike and, and cyclocross stuff now, which is fantastic. And he's been at the mountain bike races already this year. I've seen him several yeah, times. And he's just a super nice guy. I mean, you just you don't meet a nicer, more genuine guy who really wants to just be a part of this. He wants to give back and he wants to challenge himself and he's doing cool stuff. Well, we found out yesterday that he had a stroke and I don't know exactly what the day was, but it was probably within like the last week or two and it wasn't good. Um, he has been since discharged. Um, he's he's not in the hospital he's anymore. He's not in the hospital anymore. He has been discharged to home. He is um, dealing with some paralysis issues, I think a little bit maybe. He's got some gait motor issues. He's He can't, I, I don't believe he has any vision in his right eye right now. He's got processing and just a lot of things that happen with a stroke. Wow. Hopefully, fingers crossed, this is something that he can kind of rebound from. He can come back and with the proper care and whatnot, he can get back to hopefully being able to live a, a quasi-normal life and, and hopefully like really being able to get back on a bike and be competitive again and yeah. you know just do the things that he loves to do. So we're really hoping that that happens. Now the downside is is he was the the provider for the house. It was you know he's married. He's got a lovely wife. They've got three kids, and they're um, 
His wife stays at home with the kids and he he's the one that works. So I don't know their situation, but I do know that like it, when you have a stroke and you're in the hospital and you're stuck at home and you're dealing with all kinds of stuff, you're probably not going to be able to work the way that you were. So I don't know what his supplemental income was or his disability income or whatever that might be. I'm sure they're working on that right now, but they need help. And we have put out a call to our team that, hey, you know, this is what happened. And we put that out this morning. And I am absolutely blown away. I'm not going to say names, um, but you know who you are. Thank you. Uh, you guys are fantastic. We've already raised a ton of money. Good. Uh, we're going to be able to buy um, some things that are going to really help out the family with like a, a Fred Meyer gift card. They live relatively close to Fred Meyer. They've got groceries. They've got all of the food that's already prepared. They've got gas. They've got all the things that's relatively close to their house and it's super convenient. And we've actually been able to raise enough money to buy a very significant gift card to that, as well as we're going to be able to do um, a Grubhub gift card so that they can kind of oh, not have to worry about food for like the next week. And I really just want to, you know, tell anybody that might want to help out this gentleman who's just a good guy, whether it's just like a dollar or two or however much you want to give, it doesn't matter. It all adds up at the end of the day. If you want to help out, you can, um, if you want more details, you can email us at info at dialedcycling.com. Or um, if you just want to cut to the chase, um, we're not using GoFundMe because they take a percentage of everything and we think we can better manage the uh, the funds than them. And you can go to our Venmo account, which is at Dialed Cycling Team. And uh, you can, you'll see the logo on there, the Dell Cycling Team logo, so you'll know that that's actually us. And the, the funds will go straight into there, and that money will be going 100% to, uh, to the, the real family. So that is they can it Dial Cycling in Triathlon? Well, yeah. is, you at, know, at Dial Cycling, cycling Team. team. So, yep. yeah, yep. you'll see the Dial Cycling Team logo, and any bit will help. And the guy, again, super cool, and we just want to get back and help and help the family so that they're, they're good to go. So everybody who's given thank you very much anybody who is planning on giving thank you very much and we just want to see chris get better and we'll uh, we'll continue to give everybody updates and hopefully help him support him and you know, make him uh, make him a happy guy and get him healthy again so thanks good luck chris yeah on that note we're going to call it a day we will be back next week with another one of these thank you for listening until then bye for now